Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, one of the hosts for the longest-running Dynasty-focused podcast on the planet, the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Each week, we'll bring you an episode packed with relevant and actionable Dynasty information that you can use to help win your league. When I'm in the host chair, we might even play a game or two. We are always open to topic suggestions, so if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss, please let us know. Thanks for listening. Football.com and a DLF family of podcasts. That's James the Brain. Here to give you a... Oh, wait, John. It's Monday night, man. I think the Chiefs just scored. No. Yeah. No, the Rams just scored. Oh, wait. No, the Chiefs just scored again. <laughs> now the Rams scored. Yep, now the Rams scored. Everyone's scoring, John. We got to make this quick, man, because these teams are scoring quick. Yeah, the, the, the clock has read triple zeros. Uh, for about 10 minutes now as we're recording this, and yet Tyreek Hill just scored again somehow. I don't know how that guy does it. I don't know how he does it, man. No Travis Beard this time, no guests this time, but I am John giving thanks to Kenny Galladay Hogue, and this is a Super Flex Super Show! Yeah! It's a short week. With Thanksgiving Day coming up, so we're jumping the gun on previewing matchups with green, yellow, red. Disclaimer time, though. We may have limited information on injuries and coaching decisions as we attempt to prepare you for the Thanksgiving Day game slate. Another disclaimer. I am tilting all over my Y-axis for calling for a down game from Kenny Galladay and watching him straight abuse my guy James Bradbury. And one more, last disclaimer. James, if it wasn't for the NFL games, this would be just another week to me because hot take time, Thanksgiving is easily the most overrated national holiday. What do you think about that? I actually don't like the fact that I agree with you. I totally <laughs> agree with you. It's all about sitting around and eating and, you know, hey, give me a day off of work. I'm going to do that anyways, all right? So. Yep. I, I don't I don't need the yeah and and I think a lot of the food is is overrated. That's why I don't eat a lot of the stuff that I traditionally eat on Thanksgiving. I don't eat all year. Like I I stay away from from turkey for the most part for all that stuff just so that way it, you know when when Thanksgiving comes around, you know, I'm not totally just turned off by even the food that that we eat at that point. So yeah, no, I'm I'm on board with you, man. I'm not a big Thanksgiving fan and uh you know, the only thing to me is, hey, it's a day with football all day and a day off of work. So I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. 99.9% of the year, I don't eat the food. I don't hang out with those particular family members, great aunts and uncles that I have absolutely nothing in common with. And meanwhile, all of the people who I do have something in common with, all of my lovely friends and and listener, all of our listeners on Twitter, I uh, don't have nearly as much access to them while I'm sitting at the dinner table in my stupid sweater with my comb over hairdo. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a fan, not a fan. But the one good thing, the one saving grace for Thanksgiving Day, is three NFL games. Oh yeah. It does complicate things a little bit from a fantasy f football perspective, though, because mm -hmm. you've got six teams all full of fantasy-relevant players, generally speaking. Um, there might be a possible exception, at least one exception on this, this year. But all those teams that you have to prepare for, there might be two exceptions, come to think of it. Two and a half. Yeah, yeah, oh. we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at two and a half. All right. Uh, but it, it, it complicates things because we have to prepare for all three of those games, all six of those teams, and a handful of players involved. And, you know, tr in, a, in a way, you still have to treat it the same way you treat a Thursday night game where, you know, you, 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 you're not going to know you know what what you're looking for from the rest of your roster 
you know, and what you're going to need on Sunday and Monday, um, going into the Thursday games. So, but this kind of, this multiplies the problem by three, which Mm -hmm. is, I mean, you've got fantasy relevant guys who are going to go, some of them are going to score points and, you know, possibly put you in a hole if you're playing against those guys. Some of them you're going to start and they're going to put you in a hole because they don't do anything and it just it 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 just really complicates setting a lineup to me so I'm curious for you real quick James if if you do have any anything that uh any approach or any strategies for the Thursday for Thanksgiving games or if it's just to you it's just another week and you just approach it the way you normally would yeah, I think I think that's the way I'm going to approach it. I'm going to approach it uh, the way I normally would. I'm going to look at the matchups and I'm going to play the best possible um, lineup, regardless of of you know. Well, I'm going to try to play the best possible lineup, regardless of uh, when they're playing, you know, uh, and that sort of thing. But um, no, it's definitely interesting because you make a very valid point. I think we've all been there where that Thursday game happens and it's only one game and you're going against a guy who just scored, you know, 45 points and you're going man, I'm I I you know, I'm already facing an uphill battle or you know, you're going against two guys who scored 70 on Thursday night and you're like man, I I I feel like I already lost. You know, and that's devastating because, you know, normally going into the weekend, it's nice to look forward to, you know, your matchups kind of trying to project whether or not um, you know, you're going to be the favorite or, or, or what, but when you, you're already looking at a big deficit on a Thursday night, you know, that can be, that can be tough. And like you said, sometimes you're going to start guys that aren't going to do anything and you're looking at, okay, well now, you know, maybe instead of playing this safer play, I play this guy with a higher upside, um, because I need that, that high ceiling in this matchup now after those two Thursday guys didn't do anything. So, um, while it can be a detriment, I think it can also, uh, be a, a blessing because, you know, you kind of know how to proceed as far as do I want to start those guys with that high floor, um, you know, with a lower ceiling, or do I want to start that guy with that high boom bust potential um, to get me those those extra points that I might need if I started a guy on Thursday that didn't live up to what I was hoping to get out of him. So uh, I think it can I think it can go both ways. Uh, it's definitely interesting, though, John, having three Thursday games because there's a lot of fantasy relevant players, like you said, and you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how other people approach this because um, it's it's definitely different having three Thursday games. I mean, it's not something that we see, but once a year. So, yeah, exactly. I, I feel like you said it all there. It, it's just you know, if it, just hypothetically say you know, so here's here's the slate real quick. Bears at Lions is the early game, followed by Washington at Dallas and then Atlanta at New Orleans. So there are there are kind of a lot of fantasy relevant players there. So you know, you you say for instance you've got a team with Julio Jones, Amari Cooper and Kenny Galladay. You know, that's it, and that fills your two wide receiver positions and your flex. I mean, you don't have the opportunity that you normally have to, you know, to to flex out you know, one of your, one of your safer guys, you know, say Amari Cooper, who feels fairly safe, but I mean, there's not a whole lot of a ceiling there, at least not that we've seen so far in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Um, it, his floor definitely raised since the trade from Oakland, but the ceiling still is, you know, nothing, nothing to get too excited about, but you have to start him if he's currently your, you know, your wide mm-hmm. receiver three and, if one of those other guys has a down game, say Marshawn Lattimore is able to to hold down Julio Jones and and hold him to a a fairly low fantasy output day, all the, you don't have the luxury of flexing out Amari Cooper and putting in somebody with more upside because you know now both your wide receiver positions and your flex position are locked for the entire mm-hmm. week. All you can do is sit back and and watch the rest of your team do not enough to make up for the down <laughs> game you just had for Julio Jones. So, anyways, it's it's this is more of a bitch fest than anything. It, it does make things tough, but what I do think that we can do, number one, is the the 
I guess the strategy, kind of the advice that I would throw out there is to get really judicious which players you're going to play on on Thanksgiving Day and give yourself some options, you know, for Sunday and Monday. And number two, based on that, we can break these down in a little bit more, a little bit more in depth than what we normally do. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. We normally don't go over the Thursday night game at all. Mm -hmm. Um, But since there's three games, we're we're recording this early in the week, and we're going to do our normal green, yellow, red previews like we usually do. But first, we're going to go through these Thanksgiving games in a little bit more detail. And the way we're going to do this, James, we're going to set the table for Thanksgiving, and we're going to rank some foods, um, our, our personal rankings of foods um, to replace our normal green yellow and red light distinctions Um, we're going to replace those with thanksgiving foods so give me your rankings real quick just so everybody knows you know what what you're talking about and how highly or lowly you think of these guys as we go through and rank them for the for the thanksgiving uh games yeah, absolutely. So I'm excited about this because I've stayed away from reading any of your foods. I, I've tried, <laughs> and and it's been tough, right? Because because we're we uh, we kind of share a show sheet, so it, you know it's been difficult. But um, I'm I'm looking forward to this. So I'm gonna give you my green lights uh, first. And my green lights, turkey and gravy, man. Turkey and gravy gets the green light. Basically, you know, again, I'm not a huge fan of turkey. I really am not. But I will stay away all year, so that way, that one time a year when I have it, I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it, you know. So, um, the turkey and gravy, everything is centered around the turkey. I mean, basically, all the foods that accompany the turkey on Thanksgiving, it, it, it's because of the turkey. It goes well with the turkey, you know. I mean, there are certain <laughs> foods that there are certain foods that you just don't see traditionally at a a Thanksgiving dinner table. And that's because it's all built around the Turkey. It doesn't go well with Turkey. So that to me, that's, that's, that's the centerpiece. You know, the Turkey is the centerpiece with the, with the delicious Turkey gravy, man. I'm telling you, that's, that's where things start for me. So that's a green light. Also a green light, the fresh baked rolls, man, the fresh baked rolls are the best when you get those fresh hot out of the oven. And that's the last thing to come out of the oven before you sit down and you butter the roll and and you take that first bite into that warm, delicious goodness. That right there is Thanksgiving dinner. That is the green light right there. You have a green light to have a second roll with some butter on there because that is going to be the best thing you're probably going to have at that Thanksgiving dinner. So that gets a green light for me. And the last thing is stuffing. And again, stuffing is one of those things where, man, if I had that more than once a year, I probably wouldn't be a huge fan. But I wait. I wait. I won't have it all year until Thanksgiving rolls around. At Thanksgiving dinner, we have that stuffing, and you know, I look forward to it at that time. It's a nice, delicious, fluffy, bready type uh, uh, course that you know is is a little bit different than everything else on your plate. It's filling, so you don't have to have a ton of it to get some to get that good warm, you know good warm feeling from something that you're eating that's uh, that's kind of a down home type thing uh so that that gets my green light as well so uh john you want to share with us your green lights now yeah real quick three of the four that you listed there have gluten in them and i'm a gluten-free little uh snowflake so um yeah mm-hmm. not a whole lot mm-hmm. of appeal to me and as far as the <laughs> turkey goes i i, I I kind of don't really like turkey. I know that, uh, I mean, the, the nice thing is we really only have to deal with it once a year. But, I, I mean, everybody tries so many different ways to make it taste better than what it actually is. And I, they're just, everybody's got their secret recipe for the turkey. And at the end of the day, it's still dry and bland and you know wannabe chicken so yeah i i'm <laughs> i'm not a fan of turkey here's what i am a fan of is those with vision those with cojones my green light is non-traditional thanksgiving foods things like lasagna stir fry mexican food etc oh my god so, so pretty much a meal that you could have any other day of the year correct and and because i would have it any other day of the year because it actually tastes good yeah give me spaghetti and meatballs for thanksgiving meal okay all right i can't argue too much (laughs) against that just because like i said i'm not a huge fan of all these foods either but 
you know, I tried to see the silver lining here, and it looks like you just decided <laughs> to nope. pave over the road Correct. and completely start from scratch. All right, so let me go to my yellow lights real quick. I've got cranberry sauce, and I don't mean that canned stuff because I, I, just, I left that off of my list completely. I'm talking about homemade cranberry sauce. That stuff is pretty good. I'm not a huge fan. It's uh, sometimes a little overly sweet. I don't like it in a pudding, so don't don't put it you know in a bread pudding type thing. But just the regular cranberry sauce that's homemade. That, that, that's okay. You can have a little bit of that. I think that's okay. It's different enough to, you know, once a year I can, I can have some of that and, and enjoy it. So that's a yellow white for me. Um, sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes to me. I mean, there are some people that you're going to talk to that think sweet potatoes are, you know, the, the best thing since peanut butter and jelly. And that's just not true. All right. Sweet potatoes are okay. They're again, one of those things that I'm not going to have very often. So I'll enjoy it when I do have it, but, um, it's definitely not near the top of my list. And I could, I'd be fine if I didn't get sweet potatoes on Thanksgiving, but it's okay. If they're there, I'll have some. The last thing for me on that yellow light is pecan pie. Um, again, another one of those things, pecan pie does not even sound good, but then when you actually try it, you go, ah, it's all right. But it's, it's just, it's overly sugared. Um, it's something that, you know, again, a, a, a small piece um, on Thanksgiving, that's all I need. I, I don't need it any other time of the year, but to have it on, at that time of the year, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll I'll have a little bit of that. So that's my yellow lights. Where are you at, John, with your yellow lights? I, I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> love love pecan pie, by the way. So real All quick, right. though, the cranberry sauce. Are we talking the homemade stuff or the stuff shaped like the can when it comes out? Oh, yeah. Out? No, no. The stuff shaped like the can, man, I'm not even I'm not even including on there. It's really? got to be the homemade stuff. Yeah. Wow. And I, I look at this. I, I'll be honest with you. The stuff that comes from the can, I'm not totally against the flavor of. But I think it's the shape that gets me. I mean, normally it's sliced and it's just kind of like you can still see it was round <laughs> and in the can and the can mark is yeah. still on there. Yeah, Man, it's I, got can't, the, I can't. Got the ribs like the like the can like the can did. <laughs> yeah, just like exactly. dog food, I think just that's slides what, out as a perfect cylinder with, and that's, with the little ribs. <laughs> that's what you just nailed. Why it's not on my list? <laughs> you just you just compared it to dog food. So there, there you go. Uh, yeah, yeah, I. I could see that. I'm it's to me it's a little bit like uh, well for me for me guys like Marlon Mack and James White. That's that's what the canned cranberry sauce is. It does not look appealing at all, but if you just close your eyes and go for it, it actually is uh is pretty delightful. Uh all right, so mine, my yellow light is going to be corn. Corn everything. Regular corn, cream corn, corn on the cob, corn bread, corn chips, corn tortillas, popcorn, kettle corn. <laughs> the only thing that does not fall into this category for me is candy corn. That oh. stuff is BS and uh I I I've, I know that I've been attacked for having some questionable tastes before. I hope that we can get a consensus going that candy corn is just not even worth the calories that you get out of it it doesn't really taste like anything but just kind of sugar and and it's got the consistency of wax so yeah no thanks but the rest every anything else made out of corn and i'm there man i like that i like that all all corn everything corn (laughs) except candy corn is yellow uh a yellow light and it is yellow in color most of the time. So that, that works too. So I'm, I'm good with that. Now I like your yellows there. So nice. uh, I'm going to go with my red lights. Pumpkin pie is the first pumpkin pie is just this bland <laughs> blahness that you just put in your mouth. And it's just like, it's perfect for grandma who's struggling, you know, <laughs> she's up in the years. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the dentures are hurting. So, you know, she, she's not popping those in all the time. Pumpkin pie is perfect. It is, it is the consistency of, uh, of mush and you can just kind of, gum it down and swallow and and you're happy so that's that's what pumpkin pie is for because i won't i won't touch the stuff green bean casserole is another thing and you know what i actually like green beans but for some reason when you smother it in like some sort of soup and bake it and just try to get too fancy with it i don't need it i don't need it i'm good with that stuff being off my plate it doesn't look appetizing it isn't that great i'm fine without green bean casserole and i'm sure i'm gonna get roasted for that because there's a lot of people who like green bean casserole but that's a red white for me and the last thing is yams yams are pretty much the exact same thing as pumpkin pie it's just soft and gross and the flavor is just it's it's terrible yams are terrible there is no reason to ever eat yams and i'm they're definitely on my red my red white 
So what is the difference, I guess, between sweet potatoes and yams? You're you're okay with sweet potatoes, completely down on yams. Is there uh, is there a difference between the two that I'm not aware of? Um. Well, for for us, it was always the preparation of them. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what do you what, what do they do to the yams to ruin them? Uh. Well, I mean, they're they're both different vegetables. So I mean, really. We we could start there, that. yeah, yeah, they are, um, and so I think I think the flavors off. I think with sweet potatoes, you embrace the sweetness and you try to bring that sweetness out with the yams. Uh, typically, it's a little bit darker. It's got a bark like skin. It's starchier. It's uh, drier uh, than sweet potatoes. It's it just it, it it the texture's different. The the flavor is much different, and um, I'm not I'm not having the yams, and 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 really. I mean, the sweet potatoes are one of those things that I'm barely okay with. It's a yellow light for me. So if you're going to take away uh, some of the flavor and, you know, uh, make it a drier, less less manageable type thing, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm going to have nothing to do with it. So Nice. Okay. That's, no, that's fair. So green bean casserole is, to me, it's more of a yellow light, but I will give you this. It's, so it's, it's kind of gray with some green. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's it's almost Seattle Seahawks colors, and it ju- it does just kind of remind me of of watching a you know a a low scoring Seattle Seahawks game on a gloomy Pacific Northwest day. Uh, it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. It just not particularly appetizing but i'm gonna yeah, give you mine let's, because let's, let's be honest real quick it's like looking at nate peterman it's just <laughs> you, you don't want to you don't want to look at it you don't want it on your plate just get rid of it correct <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna give you mine because you already listed it so we're in lockstep on the red light on Ooh, pumpkin pie right. oh yeah most of the meal is already pretty mediocre and pumpkin pie is just the perfect tasteless ending to the thanksgiving <laughs> dinner Pumpkin pie is just so pointless, and like you said, I mean, it's the texture as well. It's the consistency. It's like it, it's it's like 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 uh, like concrete right before it sets up is kind of that kind of the consistency of it. It's like it's it's a little bit grainy and and I mean, just kind of this sludge and a little too heavy and yeah it's sludge sludge is such a great word to describe <laughs> that pie. it is sludgy yes yeah yeah sludge pie <laughs> yeah. yeah so there's your dessert enjoy your sludge so all right based on that let's uh let's get to the to the matchups here we're gonna start with the early game the bears at the lions and uh we're each gonna break down one of the two teams um, and we'll use our uh, our food rankings to uh, to help set your lineups. So I'll let you start with uh, the home team, the Detroit Lions. All right, man. So let's start with the good, the stuffing. Let's start with the delicious stuff. You know what? There's no stuffing here. <laughs> We're not going to have stuffing here because you know what? The Lions, there's nothing the good. The Lions are gluten-free too. Yeah, yeah. The Lions have passed on stuffing. They are not giving us stuffing because there's no good starts here against that Bears defense, which has just been lights out lately. So, um, yeah. So we'll go to OK. And OK, the the sweet potatoes here is Kenny Galladay. And that's pretty much it. But Kenny Galladay, look, he's a, he's a yellow light. He's been getting targeted, um, you know, and with with Marvin Jones potentially missing again. I mean, again, it's a short week. Marvin Jones just missed. It's going to be tough for him to come back. Even if he does come back, he's not going to be 100%. I expect Galladay to be targeted heavily in this game. Um, and look, the Bears defense, again, is really, really good. Um, they put pressure on the quarterback. They're good in coverage. It's going to be hard for Kenny Galladay to put up huge numbers, but I think he's going to get targeted enough for him to be able to do that. And then we'll go to the bad, which is the yams, those those gross, gross yams, and Matthew Stafford is on this list. He leads up the list. Look, Matthew Stafford has not been as good as people were hoping he would be this season. He has a really tough matchup against the Bears on a short week trying to prepare for this defense. It's going to be brutal, and I, I don't uh, I don't see Matthew Stafford having a very good game. Marvin Jones is another guy I don't see having a very good game. 
even if he is healthy, um, and that's just because, look, it's a short week. He's going to try to jump in on a short week. If he can play less than 100%, um, I just don't see good things against his Bears defense for him. And the last guy is LeGarrette Blunt. We're going to go with Gary Blunt because it looks like Carryon Johnson's going to miss a week or two as of today, which, again, we're recording on Monday night. So, um, you know, things could change. But as, as of today, it looks like he's going to miss a week or two. He's not going to need surgery, but he's not going to be ready for this game, which means – Gary Blunt probably slides in and gets the start there, and I'm I'm not interested in any of the Detroit running backs, especially Gary Blunt. Um, I just I, the Bears' defense is good against the run as well, and I don't think Detroit keeps it close enough to continue to be able to pound the rock late in the game. So those are uh, those are my my Lions. Uh, what do you got for the Bears there, John? All right, on the Bears side, the hamburgers and fries, the non-traditional Thanksgiving dinner. Which is uh, which is what I'm all about. Let's go with Mitchell Trubisky and Tariq Cohen in a positive game script uh, against a defense that is that is really pretty easy to move the ball on, particularly through the air. The only defender that you really have to worry about is Darius Slay, and uh, I'm going to get to him in just a minute. But let's move on to uh, the corn things, um, where. Uh, Anthony Miller, Taylor Gabriel, and Trey Burton all get all get essentially yellow lights for me. They, they all they all get corn things from me, corn corn based foods. Um, Trey Burton almost almost a hamburgers and fries type of guy, but um, the return of Adam Shaheen I, uh, could definitely um, cut into his workload a little bit. Miller and Gabriel get the softest coverage, and uh, so I they they are definitely. Uh, um, startable for you and then the puke and pie i took out the m and the p on on pumpkin so puke and pie <laughs> alan robinson who, who draws darius slay um that's that's my belief and there could still be volume for Al, for alan robinson but again the goal here is to really really squeeze the universe of of players that you're willing to play on thursday and Something like a bad matchup, um, something like being shadowed by the number one cornerback, who happens to be a very good number one cornerback, is compelling enough to me. So I'm benching Allen Robinson um, just to avoid a potential letdown. And I'm also benching Jordan Howard. I mean, he just doesn't get enough volume to be to be fantasy relevant at this point. Um, although, I mean, there's definitely a possibility that the Bears run up the score and we see a lot of Jordan Howard um, running out the as they, as they grind the clock. But, um, a, again, you know, I'm just not willing to, to bank on that. And then Adam Shaheen, I'm still going to give him a red light for now, although I think that his arrow is pointing up. And like I said, w- what he really does at this point this may change in the next in the coming weeks, but what he's really doing right now is taking away from Trey Burton, not creating his own opportunities. On to Washington at the Dallas Cowboys, and I'll start with the the home team, the Cowboys. So the chicken wings, the buffalo wings, again mm. non traditional, but that's that's the type of thing that I want on Thanksgiving, and I also want Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott in my lineup. Um, this is a this is a winnable matchup, especially for Zeke, where this this could easily be the game script could actually go either way for me. I I have some theories about this. We might need to talk about this one for a minute um, when we get to your side of this. But uh, for the moment, I'll say that I think that there's a scenario where both of these guys have a positive game script and uh are both extremely startable they're they're and they're both i mean zeke just on volume dak is you know three three out of the last or four out of the last five games he's gone for you know 20 fantasy points or more so um i'm excited about dak this week and then the corn and corn accessories i've got one guy and it's amari cooper he's he's got dak prescott's attention um, I he probably draws Josh Norman. That doesn't scare me anymore, especially with the type of volume that he's getting, with the target share that Amari Cooper is getting. I think that he's absolutely started startable. We did talk about this a little at the top, though, and you know, it wasn't just a hypothetical scenario. I do think that Amari Cooper is a little bit 
capped as far as his upside goes. So that's why I'm saying proceed with caution. You know, it's it's entirely possible that you're anticipating needing high upside from your guys, and Amari Cooper is not that to me. He's a he's a high floor, but a fairly low ceiling. So if you you know if you need a win and you're going up against a high scoring opponent, I think Amari Cooper probably belongs on your bench. And then the poop and pie. Basically, just everybody else on the Dallas Cowboys offense. There's just not enough meat on the bone for any of those guys. Um, so, yeah, let's hear from you, James, on the Washington Redskins. The, the poop and pie. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to, yeah, well, let's go with the Redskins. And look, the, the, the fresh baked rolls, those rolls coming out of the oven, nice and warm and ready to be buttered and, and devoured. That's Adrian Peterson for me. And look, both these defenses are really, really good. Um, so I don't it, – it's a tough game to read, but I could see the game script being to the point where this game is close enough coming down the stretch that the running game is relevant um, all four quarters for both teams. Um, so I think Adrian Peterson is going to get his based on volume alone. Um, also, we have a backup quarterback for the Redskins, Colt McCoy, who looks good. I mean, he came in and he looked okay in, in replacement of Alex Smith. I don't think Colt McCoy is great, but I don't think Alex Smith was great either. So I, I don't know that it's it's a huge downgrade going to Colt McCoy from Alex Smith, at least the Alex Smith that we were getting this season. Um, so I think Adrian Peterson uh, is, is going to be relevant all game, so I could see him just based on volume having a good game. Um, okay, the cranberry sauce here, that homemade cranberry sauce is Jordan Reed. And look, when Colt McCoy came in, Jordan Reed started actually having a game. So um, maybe Colt McCoy weans a little bit more on Jordan Reed, which would be smart considering the Redskins wide receivers that are available in this game um, aren't guys that I would be relying on <laughs> over Jordan Reed in the passing game. So I could see Jordan Reed putting up some decent numbers, finally coming alive a little bit here and being useful and being usable at a tight end position that is uh, is mediocre at best. Um, the bad, the, the, the pumpkin pie here, the, the, the gross sludge pie is, is Trey Quinn, Josh Dobson, Maurice Harris, pretty much any other passing game option for the Washington Redskins. Um, look that, that, that wide receiver core is banged up. It's, it's hurt. Dallas is really good against wide receivers as well. It's a tough matchup. It's in Dallas, uh, on a short week. I just don't like any of those wide receiving options this week. One of them might actually do something, but good luck figuring out which one that is. I'm not comfortable starting any of them, especially on a Thursday slate, like you said, John. Um, so that's that's my Redskins uh, preview here against the Cowboys. But uh, what were you thinking for the game narrative? I'm thinking a very close game that uh, that sees both the passing and running game kind of uh, you know being used throughout all four quarters for both sides. Yeah, and I think that's that's about right for me. Um, I guess my angle is I'm I'm really intrigued by Colt McCoy. I don't think he's startable. Don't get me wrong. He he. I mean, I think that you've got it right with the pumpkin pie guys, and I think Colt McCoy also belongs there. I would not feel comfortable even in a super flex league starting Colt McCoy this week. I'm intrigued though. I I would not be surprised if we see a little bit of a jolt here. Mm -hmm. I don't think he's a better quarterback than Alex Smith. Don't get me wrong there either. But I do think that, you know, when you get these backup quarterbacks coming in who, you know, there's not a there's not a ton of game tape on them with this particular offense and they really don't have a whole lot to play for. I mean, you end up if it feels like a like it happens fairly frequently where these guys come in and and you know there's just it, it's just kind of a reckless abandon type of approach mm -hmm. and you end up seeing them throwing for you know a, a good a good amount of yards maybe a touchdown or two not great fantasy production but enough to make to turn this into a little bit of a shootout number 1 and number 2 enough to make some of these pass catchers a little bit relevant i don't i don't know yet who we're talking about as far as that goes. I mean, my, my initial thought is the guys that Colt McCoy throws to in practice on a regular basis are Trey Quinn and Mo Harris. Uh, but you know, I, I think that we need to see it first, but I, I'm really intrigued and really curious about what Colt McCoy can, 
can bring to this offense, he might he might bring a little juice, a little energy that that this offense has been lacking for several weeks now. Okay, yeah, that'll be interesting to monitor. I like Colt McCoy a little bit myself. I think this is a tough – you're asking a lot of him, though, on a short week um, to prepare as the starter to come in against a good Dallas defense. But I could I could definitely see – I mean, these Thursday games, especially the Thanksgiving games, uh, we've seen some crazy stuff happen, you know, to where you expect one thing and something else happens. That very well could be this game. Um, so, you know, I guess, I guess we'll see, I, I could see it going either way. I could see it being a defensive struggle, uh, uh, you know, a 16 to 10 type game, or I could see it being a, uh, you know, a surprisingly high scoring, you know, 27 to 24 type game where the offenses are actually relevant. So yeah, I, I, it'll be interesting to kind of keep our eye on that one, John. Yeah. Yeah. And one, I guess one last kind of a, a, a little bit of a narrative, I suppose. I mean, as recently as is 2017, kind of the narrative on Thursday games, you know, on a short week was from a like from a DFS standpoint, for instance, you you want to avoid the quarterbacks, you want to go with the running backs, particularly the running back of the team that is that you think is going to win the game, because you know the the running game works without a whole lot of practice without a whole lot of game planning it doesn't it doesn't take much of a game plan to run the ball you know and and i mean that's whole that's held up in previous seasons but here in 2018 it's kind of it's kind of flipped a little bit to where the you know that short week seems to favor the passing offense and it seems to be a little bit of a handicap for the for the defenses um, we're seeing a lot of high-scoring games on Thursday nights, so um, it, it just it just kind of feeds into the theory just a little bit more for me that this this could be a tough game on the defenses, and we could see a high output on offense. But again, to me, all that means is you know you it, the the cowboy the Cowboys end up being a little bit safer, and it's just kind of some something to watch for on the Washington side. But let's get to the last Thursday game. The Falcons are at the Saints, and let's hear from you on the home team Saints. Yeah, so let's start with the the, the turkey, the turkey and gravy. And we're going to start with the turkey, and I'm going to start with Drew Brees. And look, I'm going to go back to what I said about the turkey. The turkey is the centerpiece of the Thanksgiving dinner, right? Everything else that comes in on a traditional Thanksgiving dinner is to complement the turkey. Stuffing is only good with turkey. You don't make stuffing with a steak. You don't. It complements the turkey. It's part of the turkey dinner, right? So – being that that's the case, Drew Brees is like the turkey. He is he is the centerpiece of that offense, and all the other pieces around him complement him and show off just how good he is. So those pieces are Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. Those are all turkey this week against an Atlanta defense that is dreadful against the run and the pass. Man, they should they should feast. Um, they really should. Um, the pecan pie, I'm going to go with Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith had an awesome game this last game. I want to see him do it again. I want to see those back-to-back performances. Right now, it's just kind of unsteady. You know, he'll, he'll get one target one game, and then he puts up 157 yards and a touchdown the next. So let's, let's see what we have with Traquan Smith. I'm excited for him. Um, I'm, I've been high on Traquan Smith all year. Um, so I'm excited for him. Um, he definitely, you know, made the most of his opportunity this last game. But I just don't know if he, uh, if if he can continue on that pace. Uh, uh, ben Watson's another guy. Um, seems like he's targeted uh, only a couple times a game. But if he gets those in the red zone, he's fantasy relevant. Um, and I think the Saints are going to score enough. I mean, the Saints have been scoring. I think they're going to score enough in this game against Atlanta to where Ben Watson may see a couple red zone targets here. So if he can convert on one of them, that would be awesome. Um, and the green bean casserole, the grossness, the thing you just don't want to look at right now, it's Brandon Marshall. And look, this is going to be his first game active, um, it looks like. It's going to be on a Thursday, uh, Thursday night um, against a division rival. Um, I just don't think that this is the the opportunity to use him. I think they'll get him involved, um, and I think they'll get him involved early in this game, but I don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant. I think that uh, there are going to be better options later in the week, so I'd hold off on him this game, um, you know, and, and I'd probably temper some expectations uh, just just kind of hold off and see kind of what you get from Brandon Marshall. So, um, all right, John, what do you got for us on the Atlanta side of things? 
All right, for the Falcons, the green chili, sushi, fried stuff, tikka masala, cheese sauce, donuts, etc. <laughs> All the non-traditional stuff that really should be at the Thanksgiving table because we actually like it. Uh, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Man, this is this to me looks like a shootout, and I think that you start all of the major pieces in the passing game, just like you're doing, and I'm doing the same thing here. I'm going with uh, with the quarterback and the two wide receivers. Um, I, that's that's primarily where you can uh, you where you can do your damage against the Saints defense. Uh, the children of the corn. Here are going to be uh, Tevin Coleman and Austin Hooper. They're both startable to me, but I I don't feel great about it. Coleman could definitely get game scripted out of this. He is involved in the passing game, but you know this this could turn into more of a, a you know a, there could be a lot of chunk yardage here. At, with with both of these guys, to me, Tevin Coleman and Austin Hooper, I feel like they're both going to be a little bit touchdown dependent. And if you're if that's what you're looking for, if you're if you're going to start a touchdown dependent guy, then we'll give you a few names of guys that you can wait until Sunday to play um, when you know what your lineup actually needs. And then finally, the gelatinous, oddly colored brown custard flavored with nutmeg pretending to be an appealing dessert even though massive amounts of whipped cream can't even give it any distinguishable flavor <laughs> much less a flavor that counteracts the disturbing texture <laughs> Mohamed Sanu, Ito Smith and basically everyone else on that offense I love it I love it barely palatable Mohamed Sanu <laughs> yeah yeah so uh happy Thanksgiving everybody bah humbug uh, <laughs> but let's get to the rest of the week 12 previews here and we'll do it the way we normally do it we'll go position by position and with uh green yellow and red lights plus a start of the week at each position a sneaky start and a bust alert and i'm gonna go ahead and start with the quarterbacks green lighting cam newton and russell wilson in a shootout against one another green light aaron Rodgers and andrew luck and carson wentz my yellow lights, some solid fantasy quarterbacks in bad matchups. Tom Brady, Josh Rosen actually fits in this mold for me uh, against the Chargers. I think that uh, is, is I think that Josh Rosen belongs in the solid fantasy quarterback discussion. I think this is just going to be a tough a tough matchup for him. Uh, Philip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Deshaun Watson, and then Marcus Mariota if he plays uh, to me is still just a yellow light especially as he uh as he deals with the the aftermath of that stinger some iffy fantasy quarterbacks in good matchups Kirk Cousins actually falls into that category for me um right at the moment at least I'd love to see a bounce back but right at the moment we've got to be really honest about what Kirk Cousins is and right now to me he's kind of he's he's a high-end quarterback too and definitely not exempt from from you know being uh being swapped out for a better matchup. Baker Mayfield uh has a good matchup with the Bengals, but uh still uh still a, a little shaky on the production and uh and the trustworthiness of that production. Andy Dalton in the same in the same game, uh Case Keenum Eli Manning, Nick Mullins, Jameis Winston coming back, and Lamar Jackson. Um, we just haven't quite seen enough of Lamar Jackson just yet, but he's pretty intriguing, especially in a nice matchup uh, against uh, Oakland. And then I'm red lighting Blake Bortles, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr, and whoever starts for the Miami Dolphins. I assume it's still Brock Osweiler. Ryan Tannehill's on his way back. They have no weapons left. Jakeem Grant now goes on IR. It's kind of Danny Amendola, Devontae Parker, and you know Mike Jasicki and AJ Derby. It's 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 not good right now. Um, is just from a weapon standpoint. So and then couple that with the fact that they're not entirely sure what they even want to do at quarterback. My starter of the week is Russell Wilson at Carolina. They're the, first, the fifth worst defense versus quarterbacks 
I, again, I'm expecting a, sh a shootout here and a positive game script for Wilson. Um, James Bradbury, I am going to go back to that well. He likely matches up on Tyler Lockett, but there's no one else in that secondary worth worrying about, which means Doug Baldwin, Nick Vanette, David Moore, the running backs, Ed Dixon, they're all running free. So plenty of opportunities, plenty of, plenty of weapons at Russell Wilson's disposal. My sneaky start of the week is Lamar Jackson. Uh, he's at home against Oakland. They're the 10th worst versus quarterbacks. They're also allowing the fifth most rushing yards per attempt to quarterbacks at 3.28 yards per carry. Jackson's 27 rushing attempts this past week was the most by a quarterback since 1950. 27 attempts at 3.28 yards per attempt. That's wow. 88.56 yards. And that's... There, I can't imagine that he, that he runs the ball that many times. I can't imagine that they want him to run the ball that many times. But there's an opportunity to, here for a lot of rushing yards for, for Lamar Jackson. Plus, Oakland is just not interested in stopping anybody. And there's nothing really to worry about in that secondary anyways. So, I mean, even from a passing standpoint, I think Lamar Jackson is, is sn sneaky high upside. And then my bust alert is Phillip Rivers. He's at home against Arizona. They're the third best defense against quarterbacks. They're the third worst r defense against running backs. <clears throat> Buda Baker, if he plays, lines up on Keenan Allen. Pat Pete on one of the Williams guys. So not a lot of decent options for Phillip Rivers. Game script and opportunity all favor Melvin Gordon in this one. Philip Rivers' multi-touchdown streak is in serious jeopardy this week, I believe. Wow. Okay. Well, they're very interesting. No, I, I kind of like that call, too. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't have an issue with any of those, John. I think I think you wrapped up that quarterback uh, position pretty well. Nice. Let's hear about the running backs, then. Yeah. Going on to the running backs, my, uh, my green-whites here, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, Matt Bereda, Saquon Barkley, uh, Zeke Elliott, Josh Adams, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Melvin Gordon, James Conner, and Delvin Cook. My yellow lights, I broke it up into tough match matchups and usage. So um, yellow lights, uh, due to tough matchups this week, is Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, Adrian Peterson with Sean McCoy, um, Chris Carson, David Johnson, and Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Jones, honestly, his matchup is terrible. Minnesota has been really good against running backs, but I want you to know oh, you he wait. did not make he did not make the red light because he's been so good. I, I had right. to give him a yellow right. light. So so he he's there with David Johnson as far as that goes. Um, usage usage guys that I'm giving a yellow light to because I don't know their usage. It's going to be Peyton Barber, Sony Michelle, Gus Edwards, Alex Collins, Austin Eckler, Marlon Mack, and Philip Lindsay um, for both usage and tough matchup for Lindsay. Um, red White, carry on Johnson. Uh, if he does play, I, it doesn't look like he's going to, so that'll be uh, Gary Bunt, LeGarrette Bunt, Isaiah Crowell, uh, Jalen Richard, Doug Martin, Kenyon Drake, Royce Freeman, Lamar Miller, uh, Deion Lewis, and Derrick Henry. So those are going to be my Red White guys there. My start of the week is going to be Joe Mixon. He's going up against Cleveland. They're allowing the third most fantasy points against running back ones this season. Um, just a just a positive matchup. Cleveland hasn't been able to stop the run. Cincinnati should be up in this game. Um, I think I, I you know I, I I think Cleveland's going to hang with them, but I think Joe Mixon will be involved in the passing game and the running game all game. Um, I don't think that this is going to be a blowout in either direction. So I think Joe Mixon stays involved and should have a very nice game against Cleveland which has a porous run defense. My sneaky start of the week is Josh Adams uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. His role is expanding, and he's uh, he's running away with that running back one job there uh, from the rest of the field. They are going against the Giants. The Giants are giving up the fourth most points against running back ones this season. It's a plus matchup. You, you know, Josh Adams is a guy that you start and, uh, and I think could put up some very, very good numbers. Uh, not a guy that's been on the radar for, for much of the year um, up until – maybe a couple weeks ago. My bust alert is Lamar Miller. He is going up against the Tennessee Titans. The Titans allow the eighth fewest points to running back ones on the season. Um, Lamar Miller is going up against a tough running defense in Tennessee. And, you know, there's there's other reasons. That passing game should be pretty pre prevalent for the Houston Texans in that game against Tennessee. And uh, that's, that's part of the reason why I just don't think Lamar Miller is going to have the uh, – 
the volume, and I don't think that even when he does get the carries, he's going to have a whole lot of space to do anything with. So um, that's the running back position for me, John. You got tight ends? Yeah, let's let's talk tight ends real quick. Some green lights. Ertz, Kittle, those are, those are obvious slam dunks every single week. Jack Doyle, David Njoku, and Vance McDonald. My yellow lights, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Greg Olson, and the combination of both Hayden Hurst and Mark Andrews, um, mostly just because they kind of cannibalize each other. Jared Cook has been struggling lately. C.J. Uzoma in a bad matchup. Jeff Hireman, Chris Herndon, Ricky Seals-Jones, and Jonu Smith. And my red lights, my notable red lights anyways, Evan Ingram, really bad matchup. Kyle Rudolph, tough matchup plus just not enough not enough usage in that offense right now. And like I said, I mean, Kirk Cousins is also struggling a little bit. And Eric Ebron, the touchdown streak finally kind of ended, and uh, now we're back to normal where Jack Doyle is, is getting the majority of the work and the majority of the snaps. My start of the week is George Kittle. He's at Tampa Bay. Second most fantasy points allowed to tight ends. And the 49ers coming off the bye. The passing game is as healthy as it's been since week one. Obviously still don't have the quarterback. But beyond that, this is uh, this is as healthy as they've been. So Kittle has gets extra room, extra room to work here. He's been just fine. But uh, having, to me, having Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin, Dante Pettis all on the field um, only, only helps for George Kittle. My sneaky starter of the week is Nick Vanette at Carolina, who are allowing the most fantasy points to tight ends. It's, again, I think this is a shootout. Even Ed Dixon is a deep sleeper with a decent chance of scoring in this game. My bust alert is Rob Gronkowski at the Jets. They're the fourth best versus tight ends, and they're the 13th worst versus running backs. So game script just kind of favors the running backs. Gronk has been dealing with injuries. It sounds like he will play, uh, but I'm kind of expecting just an overall down game for the for the passing game for the Patriots um, as they're able to move the ball on the ground. How about the wide receivers there, James? All right, John. So, yeah, I'm going to go to the wide receivers, my green lights. I have Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Marquise Goodwin, Odell Beckham Jr., Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, and DeAndre Hopkins. Of those names, the two that might stand out, Marquise Goodwin, he is going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are worst in the league at stopping wide receiver ones. I think Marquise Goodwin is that for San Francisco. So that's why he gets the green light. And Amari Cooper, John, I know that you had him as a yellow-white, and I totally understand with your trepidation on the Thursday games. But I do like his matchup, and I think the volume is going to be there for Amari Cooper. So I have him as a green light. I could totally see bumping him down to yellow light, though, for you. Um, I'm, I'm definitely on board with that, too. Um, so let me go to my yellow lights. And the the guys who I gave a yellow light to because of a tough matchup are Kenny Galladay, um, Anthony Miller, Julio Jones, Elshon Jeffrey, uh, Josh Gordon, Julian Edelman, Doug Baldwin, DJ Moore, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, T.Y. Hilton, Emmanuel Sanders, Cortland Sutton, uh, MVS, uh, uh, Corey Davis, and Kiki Kuti. Um, MVS, obviously, uh, Valdez Scantling for Green Bay. I know he had a tough, uh, a tough, tough game last game, but I think his usage will go up a little bit here. And then, guys, so I'm giving a yellow light based on usage to is Jarvis Landry. Uh, AJ Green is one of those guys who um, not only is it usage, but it's also coming back from an injury. If he does come back and he is healthy, I'm giving him a yellow light only because I want to see how he's used. Same thing with Boyd. Um, you know, uh, Tyler Boyd's another guy who I want to see his usage. If AJ Green is back, is he a decoy? What what ends up happening with that Marvin Jones is another guy coming back from an injury if he does come back and play those Thursday games I'm not totally sold on him because of that Taylor Gabriel Traquan Smith um, Calvin Ridley Chris Godwin Dante Pettis Sterling Shepard Dante Moncrief Quincy Anunua Michael Crabtree Willie Sneed Tyler Lockett Mike Williams Tyrell Williams Danny Amadola, Kenny Stills Tajay Sharp and Demarius Thomas my red whites Antonio Callaway Rashad Higgins uh, John Ross, Allen Robinson, Josh Doxson, Trey Quinn, uh, Michael Gallup, Allen Hearns, Brandon Marshall, Deshaun Jackson, Golden Tate, Nelson Aguilar, Jordan Matthews, D.D. Westbrook, Zay Jones, Kelvin Benjamin, Robbie Anderson, Seth Roberts, and Jermaine Curse. Um, 
So let's go to my start of the week. My start of the week is DeAndre Hopkins against Tennessee. Uh, this is his second time playing the Titans. Uh, earlier in the year, week two, he had six grabs for 110 yards and a touchdown. Um, the, and that was when Houston was really struggling. They've been better offensively lately. Um, and Tennessee is allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receiver ones. I think DeAndre Hopkins has a field day. I look for over 100 yards and a touchdown as a floor for him. I think he's going to have a monster game. My sneaky start is Calvin Ridley versus the Saints. The Saints allow a weak high uh, amount of fantasy points to wide receiver twos. And it's not close. So Calvin Ridley, I think with Julio Jones getting matched up against uh, – against their top corner there. I think Calvin Ridley is the guy who's going to run free. I think he's going to have a monster game. I expect Calvin Ridley to be a very sneaky start for people who are looking to uh, to get some points there. And my bust alert is Golden Tate. Look, uh, Golden Tate is playing the Giants. They allow a league best 5.9 fantasy points to wide receiver twos this season. That's by far the lowest in the league. So Golden Tate is going to have a tough uh, tough go of it, I think. Elshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz are going to be heavily targeted. I look for Golden Tate to be a fade play this week. So I'm not using him at all, especially um, against that Giants defense. It's just really, really good against wide receiver twos. So um, that's the wide receiver position for me there, John. You got uh, got any bones to pick with me there, or does everything, everything sound decent? Who do the uh, who do the Colts play again? Miami. Yeah, Colts Colts play the Dolphins, and really the Dolphins uh, against wide receiver ones are pretty good, and that's why I have Ty Hilton as a yellow light. Um, Xavier Xavier Howard has been has been pretty good uh, against wide receiver ones. So um, uh, the the week average is fourteen point five points against, and Miami's allowing thirteen point one. So they're better than average against wide receiver ones. Ty, you know, just came off a monster game. But really, they're, they're, Miami's not great at covering the tight end position, and I think when that happens, Andrew Luck and the Colts normally target those tight ends pretty heavily. So that's what scares me a little bit about T.Y. Yeah, that's that's really not a bad call. Although, I mean, I, I don't believe that Xavier Howard travels into the slot. I could be wrong on that. I haven't watched a ton of tape. Um, that also... That that hasn't been nearly as as tough of a matchup as it was earlier in the season, but um, mm-hmm. no, so yeah, that that is true. I I'm I'm kind of, I'm thinking I'm feeling T Y Hilton is a green light personally, but um, I understand why you've why you've got him where you've got him. I uh, I I think that I personally have a little bit more more uh, faith in him. Um, Julio Jones is another one that that I'd probably still red light. I know he gets Lattimore, but uh, I I think that they can move Julio around a little bit as well um, to get him away from Lattimore. So uh, those those are the closest I have. I really don't really don't hate this list at all, man. I think that uh, that you're that you're on it on a lot of these guys. Um, another guy that I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Well, two guys I'm keeping an eye on this week. If AJ Green comes back. I I, I kind of like the matchup for him. I know Denzel Ward is having a nice rookie season, still a rookie. You know, it's it's the the injury could definitely slow him down a little bit. But I mm-hmm. I kind of he was so close to playing this past weekend. I think that AJ Green makes it back, and I think he's probably healthy enough to be uh, to be a high end wide receiver one. And Traquan Smith is a guy that I want to just keep an eye on. I don't I don't. Mm-hmm. think that you're wrong here um it, you know process wise i think that we've got to see it again right i mean like you said mm-hmm. it's the let's let's make sure we can trust the volume um before we start uh you know putting more confidence in him but um those are just a few thoughts that i've got but overall yeah, i think that this that this list is dead on um cool yeah we're, we're- we're giving we're giving these guys we're giving our listeners more gold, John. I can't wait That's to right. be tweeting out about how how uh, how we nailed all these all these all these calls here. So That's right. I I believe so. I sure hope so. So yeah, now you get to set it and forget it and enjoy your holiday weekend, even though this holiday is absolute BS. Um Unless I, you're sitting down and having I don't eating know, stir what fry you want and eat. mozzarella sticks. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Put put one on top of the other, and I don't care which. So and call it a salad for all I care. I'm I'm yeah, good with exactly. that. Just eat what you want to eat. Enjoy your holiday weekend. 
And uh, thanks for tuning into this episode. If you missed it, don't forget we we just we also had our waiver wire episode come out today. Um, that one uh, Travis actually made it on for, and we had a nice conversation there. Um, I'm not going to pretend to know how how it went, but <laughs> um, because full disclosure, we're recording this one first. But that one's going to come out first, so don't don't forget to check on that one as well, and. Uh, get all your all your waiver claims in place but that's going to do it for this episode we'll go ahead and wrap it up there and as we do ask you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts if you haven't already and do us a favor and rate and review if your platform allows it those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach get out to new audience members and really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you the listener And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Megafeed and uh, rate and review that one as well, if you would. That Megafeed gets you access to all of the great podcasts from DLF, including the Superflex Super Show. And you can send us your trades on Twitter. It's at Superflex Show. We can retweet them, help you get more votes and more comments, and sometimes even analyze them right here on the podcast. Follow Travis. He's at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain. And I'm at Superflex Dude. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Good luck in week 12. Have an amazing Thanksgiving weekend. And until next week, stay sexy and Superflex. Bye. Yeah,